Alrighty, to start to any podcast that you're probably used to by now. A quick plug for all of our merch that's on the creed1870.com slash merch. Um, yeah, stickers, badges, stubby holder, something else on there. What else is on there? I think that's it. I don't know. It's late at night. I'm about to have a beer and talk about the Richmond game. What a big win it was. But get on the creed1870.com slash merch for uh, any merch you're looking for. And um, yeah, really excited about some, some of the stuff we got in the works. Um, some... Classic players, some old players, some different shirts, uh, stubby holders, all that kind of stuff that we've got in the works that'll be uh, getting released in the next two or three months as we slowly work towards getting that stuff in stock and done. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's the website. Let's get into the review. Hey, this is the Eastside Johnny Big Redemption Light. No, I'm talking about. Get out the way, get out the way, get out the way, yeah. yeah. Get out the way, get the fuck up on my way, yeah. yeah. You either with me or against me, ho. You either with me or win, 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 win. Yeah. Fuck everything else. Win, 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 win. Oh, win, 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 win. You did. Uh, a big win in Friday night footy against the Richmond Footy Club. Um, a win that uh, was important in a variety of ways, really, for our, our footy club going forward um, with this season. Um, you know, a response to the uh, to the uh, disappointment of the weekend before over at West Coast. Um, just isolated in that without even looking at the opponent um, and who they were and our recent rivalry with Richmond, um, it was just really important to see um, how we'd respond to a game like that. Um, you know, even if it was a lesser opposition or an opposition that doesn't have the prestige that Richmond does at the moment, um, a response was required. And you know, whether it be if we were playing a bad, you know, a, you know, objectively bad team, then it would have been we would have wanted to come out and have a big win or be, you know, um, just as as it turned out. Um, you know, kind of the AFL couldn't have scripted it better um, this year, really, to have Port and. Richmond coming both coming off of um, some big losses and but both teams with where they're looking to be this season it was um you know prime time kind of game for both teams to be coming on coming in with that that chip on their shoulder from the previous week and to see where we're at but for obviously our Port Adelaide Footy Club um, beyond the response part there was the um, you know a real kind of a rivalry that has built with Richmond over the last few years. Um, you know, you can talk, go back to 2014 and the and the and the beatdown we gave them in that um, elimination final, and then you look at the how Richmond have become the team they have over the last few years, and uh, and then you know last year a great game at Adelaide Oval in the regular season, the prelim final that obviously unfortunately didn't go our way, and everything in between, a little bit of chat between teams. You know, even if you go right back to Troy Chaplin being a dickhead. Um, you know, I remember listening to Travis spoke on the radio, just you know quietly saying he wouldn't buy him a beer, and <laughs> you know. Um, you know, so you've got that, and then you go go to you know fast forward and Hamish Hartlett chatting shit, um, some well 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 warranted um shit about Tom Lynch. You know, there's just a lot of stuff going on between the clubs. Um, you know, there's obviously a fair bit of respect between certain players as well, but um, I'd say that there's plenty of fans out there who would have their choice words for some of the players on the other team, and I certainly certainly had some choice words to shout from Bay 140 on on Friday night with uh with a couple of. You know, a six-pack of confidence under my belt as well. Um, so, yeah, it was a big night, a great night at Adelaide Oval with Port Adelaide getting along over the line, obviously, with the intro song to the podcast. Um, I do, you know, very excited to be able to play 
um, some J-Rock win again after um, after not being able to play any music on the last podcast. I could have played some sad music, but I just left it um, with the review podcast from uh, West Coast. It was just very somber, somber mood. But this podcast has got has got some got some zip about it, so um, I'm really excited to talk about this game. Um, finally, getting to it, by the way. Um, what is this? Um, late on a Tuesday evening, uh, the 13th of April. So we're a few nights removed from the game. Um, there have been a few reasons that it's late. One, I work um, a day job that I worked all weekend. Um, I had yesterday was my first day off. I'd had off uh, since uh, the Essendon game, actually. Um, a variety of reasons I had to work for over two weeks straight. Um, some family things going on and whatever, and covering for, covering for some other people, and and just a busy time at work. So, yeah. Um, I would have liked to have probably done the review maybe, you know, Sunday night or something like that. I had done for the week, but then um, my voice was still recovering. Um, I had a bit of a scratchy throat after the game, as well as just um, work has been, um, I work in a business that I do a lot of talking, so um, I was just I was strained and I didn't want to do a podcast with that, um, you know, with the, that soreness and it's still a little bit there, um, which by the way, going in, so I, I, Saturday morning, um, obviously, I was going. I was going to work at eight o'clock Saturday morning, and that's after driving home from a night out Adela- Adelaide Oval where I hadn't yelled as much as I did last night. And since, um, well, I guess since the finals last year, so not too long. It's nice to be um, regularly involved in big games at Adelaide Oval. But um, so you know, strained voice, all that stuff. Um, going into um, the OTR and the Barossa here to grab some, um, you know, I'm gonna sore throat. Big game. I was like, and it's a. Very much a sore throat because I knew, I knew it was a strained voice, sore throat. Um, but obviously, a sore throat has um, a different meaning in these uh, in these COVID times. And uh, I'm going into uh, the OTR. I've got a coffee ordered. Going into OTR, I think oh, I'll grab a couple packs of soothers. And I'm grabbing the soothers, and that that dawns on me that I haven't bought soothers um, since well before COVID, when I had a last you know a bad cold. Um, and cough about, you know, a couple of years ago, I had a real bad, um, just cold thing a few years ago. I used a vaporizer in the bedroom, all that kind of stuff to deal with this cough that was keeping me awake at night. But that was, you know, back in 2019. And then, um, you know, I'm buying soothers. I'm like, God, what does this look, what do people think when they see someone buying soothers? Is there, is there like, is there a, is there a thing that people are going to look at and go, oh, what is that guy buying soothers for? Is he got a sore throat? Should he be getting tested? I was like, fuck no, I'm just, I've just been at the port game. Just at a port game, Friday night port game against the reigning premier. So that's all it is. Um, but there was a little bit of anxiety about doing that. Um, but luckily, no. But that's just, you know, one of those things that you you think about something so much more than it actually probably anyone's actually going to notice. So um, that was my experience on Saturday morning after the game. Um, obviously, with not a whole lot of sleep because um, I was excited when I got home. It was a long drive home to the Brosser after an Adelaide Oval game. Especially I was dropping a mate home that came to the game. Um, so, you know, it's just a, uh, you know, just a long drive home. And then, but I was still excited because I got home and I hadn't, you know, hadn't seen anything about the game, like the post match. I listened to a little bit of the post game on the uh, 5AA, obviously, just listening to whatever I could. I went once I got into the car after the game, um, and stuck in traffic for a while. So we had plenty of time to listen. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was, I hadn't seen anything about, you know, and there was a lot of storylines coming out of the game. Um, Injuries, obviously, just the fun, the joy in winning, but the injuries were the big thing. So I was getting home, uh, wanted to get on Twitter and look at look at any news that had come out possibly, and you know it's a bad thing because you can just go in rabbit holes of rumors and and whatever. But like you know, um, it was, just, but yeah, I just couldn't get to sleep. Um, so um, the wife's like, oh, just go to sleep, just go to sleep. And I'm like, well, I want to look at, I just want to look at stuff. I don't even know what I'm looking at. I just want to look at and bathe in the wind. 
I think it was really. So yeah, I didn't get much sleep. Um, and then I woke up and went to work and um, yeah, that was the weekend. So finally getting to this review and now I've gone almost um, eight minutes into, over eight minutes into the review just talking about um, the, just the randomness of my weekend after the win. But um, really looking forward to getting to talking about some of the stuff from the game. Alrighty, so I don't know where to start exactly with this game, with this review, um, apart from maybe just cracking a beer on, on podcast. Here we go. Cracking. Got the, uh, the Pirate Life. Um, not sponsors in any way or anything like that. I don't think they know we exist. Oh, they do follow our Instagram. That's great. Um, but got the Ants Pants or whatever it is. Um, uh, pale Ale. Nice little crushable session. Um, in the King Charlie Stubby Holder, of course. Um, and uh, going to have a just enjoy a little... Little beer while I um, reminisce on this game because it was a good one. Uh, one of those nights you just love being at the Oval for. Um, I mentioned in the, the preview podcast that a few people listened to last week. But as always, appreciate anyone that's listening regularly. Thank you. Um, mentioned in that that podcast and kind of titled it, I think, Opportunity um, because I talked about how Ken Hinckley likes to talk about the opportunities you know, and challenges that present, you know taking challenges and taking um, all those kind of things and uh, like internalizing them as an opportunity and as a positive thing rather than, you know, a negative, a challenge as a negative versus a challenge as a positive and an opportunity. And he very much takes the positive route and that's uh, very much the mantra of this club and why I've got so many um, players on our side, you know, players that stick around and and we've recruited well and got some high-profile targets over the last few years. Um, is that kind of positive attitude and, and the, the relish, relishing of opportunities. Um, and this Friday night match, um, in response to the West Coast um, disappointment, presented opportunities both for our squad on the field as well as us off the field. And I kind of I wanted to just talk about the off-field part of it first because um, the atmosphere was electric on Friday night. I'm really proud of the... Port fam, Creed fam, everyone out there um, that was at the game, and, and, and even if you couldn't make the game, just however you supported, um, Friday night was a really, really fun one and a great one. Um, you know, the, the crowd was electric. It was a it was a sellout um, based on, I guess, ticket memberships and tickets sold, but I think it was 33,500 were actually in ground, so I'm assuming a few members couldn't turn up and, and whatnot, and you know that those things happened. Um, so, um, but really well done to everyone that got down there and made the atmosphere what it was. It was, and it started right from, there was a buzz in the ground, there was a, mainly there was a buzz um, over at home ground before the game, um, which was really great. You know, we, me and the mate that I went down with, because unfortunately the, the better half of the Creed couldn't make it because she, <laughs> she had a game on, on Friday night and um, um, so she couldn't make it, but she um, got to a pub as soon as she could after the game and, and watched it, um, still made, was managed to see most of the second half, I think, so... But yeah, me and a mate got down to home ground and just sat at the home ground. And we were one of the first couple in there and it was almost like, is this place open yet? But there's a bloke playing guitar, tickling away on the strings outside home ground. So we're like, okay, it is open. And um, had a couple of pints there. Just wanted to enjoy a couple of pints early since I knew I was um, going to be jumping in, in the car later on. So just have a couple of pints and then um, and wind it down from that point. Um, but it was, um, you know, really just... And the atmosphere bit. So we were there right from the beginning of... Home ground base basically being open around 4.30. Um, and then we just kind of, you know, the crowd kind of built around as the sun set. And it was just, you could feel this buzz there and people were excited. There was an excitement in the air and electricity in the air. Um, and then the walk across the oval and then um, just getting into the seats and and everything that was kind of just the feel around the ground. You could feel the, feel the tension, but it was a positive tension. And um, you could just tell that the Port fam out there was just ready to explode as soon as, 
as soon as um they saw the we saw the boys out there and um and it was very much um you know when the when the song starts um and I'm um forgetting the name of the song right now but obviously the one we all know where they the boys enter the ground um I know it and it's in a playlist of mine I'm just I always forget names of things that I'm talking about during a podcast which is just one of my things is one of my little you know mental ticks everyone has those that you as soon as I get off the podcast, I'll be like, oh, that's the name of it, but I won't remember it right now because that's when I need it, and that's um, why I'll never be good in a game show. I always say that. I'll never be good in a game show because I can never actually remember it. Like, something that I'll remember at the drop of a hat when it doesn't matter, I will not remember actually when the push comes to shove. So, anyway, that's my own problem. I'll deal with it um, as I do. <laughs> but, um, yeah, when the song the song's going and when the... And the slow cl- and the clap along with the tune um, by the by the port fans and by all of us in the ground on the night it just felt different than any other time. Um, there was a real energy behind it, um, and then the boys entered, the fireworks went off, and there was just a real like explosion at that point. And it was like, and it was just, you know, you'd like to say that that happens every game, and it does. There is a good energy in it at every game, but there's always that little bit extra for games like this. And it was really good. And then, you know, Never Tear Us Apart was just, I just chills, um, you know. And it was a, there was a gutsy roar as you, as the last couple of beats of Never Tear Us Apart escaped our lungs and the siren went and the ball was about to be bounced. You could hear that, like the Never Tear Us Apart and it just turned into a roar and it was like, and it was just amazing. It's amazing how, you know, just universe, uh, how, much that is a part of our, our culture now and I'm really proud of it um and that was just you know and that that continued for the rest of the night from that point you know like um people were loud energetic um every we, we rode every bump every every tackle every kick every handball everything was ridden hard by both obviously the our, our lads out there in the field did a fantastic job but the crowd um were just electric as well and 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 were um you know, I'm not going to say what James Brayshaw is repeatedly saying um, on the telecast, unfortunately, um, mixing us up with the other mob. But um, the true believers were really believing in that in that game and made made a massive difference to the to the. I think, you know, you can talk about you know the games are won on the field and and players are professional, but the the atmosphere really, you know, especially in a two point win, was massive. And um, yeah, just a real. Um, as I said, it was an opportunity going into this game for us fans to really make a difference and I think we did a great job so everyone pat yourself on the back all right so the opportunity um was well and truly grasped by us support fans but the opportunity um the most important thing um above all else was for our our squad our team our boys our men of Port Adelaide to grab the grab the opportunity that was presented to them on the ground and they did so um you know we the challenge was there after West Coast. Um, you know, the contested possessions were lost there, um, and there was just a lot of a lot of talk about the the lack of um, the intensity required, and that we knew was that was going to be required going to West Coast just wasn't there. And I we'll meeting the clearances, the contested possessions, all all those key metrics that we talk about in the game, and you can look at after a loss like that and see kind of a pattern um, that it, it was there and. And what we need to do against the Tigers and against, you know, obviously um, a dynasty, um, unfortunately, you know, it's, um, you know, you don't like having to um, give other teams that credit, but hey, they've won three of the last four premierships, so we've got to call it as it is. Um, but they are a dynasty and the, how how any team that does what they do have done over the past few years, they, they win it by being um, consistently one of the most intense sides and and having the skills to back it up. Um, but we, we beat them, won the contested possession battle 
Um, just looking at the stats on the website here. 154, 119, and clearance is 36.24. So, you know, that's when you're winning battles like that. And look, we can, you know, we won by two points. So it's you look at that and go, look, we... And I'll get into that and we'll talk about that, in it, I guess, now as well as to why that was. But, um, you know, like winning those metrics goes a long way against a team like, the, um, you know, the, the reigning premiers, the Tigers. Um, you want to, if you're winning those 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 statistics, then you're, you're getting yourself a long way to being on the positive end of the results. So, um, and we did that. So that's that's the thing. Now, look, we it was unfortunate to see, um, yeah, and this was a, this was, a real tight battle of the Titans, the way it went, you know. Um, I mean, looking at the, the game, um, you know, the first quarter, um, they, they were on top of us a bit. Um, we had to kind of fight our way back into it after being 13 points down midway through, and we did that, and that's what that's what you do. And then that's what's going to happen in these kind of games. You've kind of just got to accept it that um, if both teams are up for the battle, then it, it will be kind of some... It will be a game of swings and swings and momentum shifts and stuff like that so you know we get out to a good start but then um richmond kick three goals in a row but then we get back to it and um we're only goal down at half at quarter time that second quarter was something else it was brilliant everything was wonderful apart from the goddamn goal kicking wasn't it it was and we uh, wondering why goals are missed um that shouldn't be it's something we've been asking. People are asking the question, like questions like this, um, for um, you know, it's, it's as long as I've been an AFL fan um, or a footy fan in general, um, and it's particularly in the AFL because you know I, I go back and watch. And I just remember watching game like Scotty Hodges games um, back when I was younger, and just and watching highlights. And look, it is it is um, you know when you look back on things, hindsight is wonderful, and and sometimes you remember that you remember the um, the good and not the not the bad, but. Now, a lot of Hodges' big games are stuff like 11 goals, 2 and stuff like that. And you're just like... And he was kicking them for all all, all areas of the ground. And you just wonder what... And it, it, the the occasion might might be part of it. Um, but, you know, you got Boke missing from, you know, 40 out dead in front, um, you know, on, on Friday night. And then, look, the conditions were pretty good. So... You know, we've got to we've got to wonder why, and this is going to be something that Porter's just going to have to accept and try to keep working on. And you know, where the players don't do enough, and you know, this is this is the thing about the AFL as it, as it is now. You know, four key forwards back in the day were just really just their main role was to kick goals, and there wasn't um, as much focus on other parts of the ground. You know, now training has changed so much with the way the game has changed. You know. There's going to be more parts of more parts of the training sessions that aren't going to be you know you know guys are going to, not going to be just not going to be kicking just at goal as much as they probably were back in the day and particularly if you're not even a, not um, primarily a forward then there's going to be those things so it is just going to come down to the fact that some players you know reliable kicks are going to be reliable kicks and players that do miss here and there and you know you know um, it, it's just going to be like that you know there was guys. Um, you know, Georgiades missed a couple, and um, you know his his drop punt. I think it was early in the second quarter where it um, just uh, kind of hit the inside of the the far post. You know, it was actually he'd done everything right. You know, from that angle, he just he, you know he could have gone around the body like certain players often do, but he went for the drop punt, which I have to respect as a um, as you know a traditionalist in footy. Um, oh, I love love ways people find to kick goal and, and open up the angles and. And make it more of a, and maybe maybe you should look at opening it up a bit in that situation. But look, that was almost that was 
you know, millimetres away from being the perfect drop punt goal from a, a decent angle. So it is what it is. But, um, you know, that second quarter, three goals, seven, it was um, it was rough because I think I remember going at halftime thinking, geez, we've absolutely outplayed these guys and we're going in with fuck all of a lead. And it just makes you... And the way I, you know, you try to... you. You try to outthink what's going to happen in the game, which is just is never going to. But you know, when you've got halftime, all you can do is sit with your own thoughts. It was a worry because you knew that Richmond are a team that is that experienced, um, knows how to take punches without actually getting knocked out. And um, as they did, you know, the grand final last year, you know, Geelong went on a massive run of momentum and and um, domination of the play and got out to a twenty point or twenty four point lead or whatever it was at one point and still couldn't uh, completely knock them out. And so when you're um and when you're playing a game like this and you go in with only a seven point lead or whatever it was at halftime, when you've had that much of the play and um and players are starting to get a bit banged up, um, you know, little corkies here and there, um, it was it was you know, you're sitting there going, Fuck, what do we, what do we have to do? And um well you know what you have to do, you have to kick seven goals three instead of three goals seven, but because we didn't do that it was a, I was just sitting there thinking, Fuck, they're gonna come out they're going to come out and they're going to be ready to um, make us pay for not taking the initiative as we, as we well should have with the with the amount of play and possession and 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 scoring shots we had. And you know, like one thing that um, so I've gone back and watched the replay um, on TV um, on my KO at home because you know it's it's funny when you're at the game you notice so many you know so much of the game you see in a unique way that you don't notice on TV, but one thing I did not pick up on was the amount of guys that were going down with the corkies and stuff like that. Obviously, I noticed Erzmer and Butters and because um, they were kind of on our, um, from Bay 140 there, they were very noticeable from, from where our vantage point as to how the tackles went and and the injuries themselves. But, man, I had not, like, I saw, I remember seeing a few, like, guys, Lear was limping and Fantasia um, limping and, and, and Rosie looking a bit, uh, bit hobbly and, um, but yeah, just guys like Cleary and Jonas getting, you know, corkies as well. I just didn't, you know, you just, I didn't even notice them that night. I think it was with everything going on and, um, and I noticed Rosie certainly, I noticed the guys getting strapped up and I was like, what's going on there? But I didn't really think much of it because I don't check my, I don't get on my phone too much. I don't listen to anything at the ground. I just like to, um, what I'm seeing at the ground and on the screens there is, and, and the atmosphere it is, is what I like to take in. And then I go back and watch the replay after and get the full picture from that. Um, so just, yeah, the, the fact like when Rosie took off on that goal that he, um, which is one of my plays of, plays of the day afterwards, but, um, you know, when he, when he took, um, picked off the short pass, uh, well, the misplaced pass and was able to sh- scoot forward and, and kick a big goal, um, you know, and then he's, and he's looking sore again afterwards. I was just, the, those kind of things and how much of a battle of attrition it was, um, I didn't quite notice on the on the night that I was there, only because of just the intensity of the game, and I was just keeping them focused on what was going happening going forwards, and just wasn't looking as much of that stuff. But um, that's a massive effort by our guys to um, get through that, and maybe we can look at that as a point of, you know, as to why. And it's obvious that you know if we'd been as it hadn't had players go down like they did, um, and Butters and Dersma certainly were in the in the very best of the players we had on the night. Um, you know, losing Butters, you know, in in the before the um, last change um, was big because he, you know, and let, let's talk about Butters for a minute here um, because he was um, a big reason why that first quarter um, wasn't just a complete. You know, he's he was really um, hitting the game hard in that first quarter when 
you know, not a, a few other players were just getting into the game a bit. He was really leading the charge report. Um, he was in amongst it. Um, his ball use was um was very uh, just clean and clean and highly skilled and and he was really getting around the ball and um and make and kind of pushing the momentum our way and and trying to um, stifle theirs and um his first quarter was incredible um I think I'll check because he's in my fantasy team I checked him he's up at over 50 fantasy points in the first quarter um at quarter time which is um you know going at a rate that's going to get you to 200 if he keeps up that kind of kind of um you know uh, level so that was an incredible first quarter, and, and he continued on as well. Like not quite um, the the level of ball use um, going forward, because then a, few, a lot of other guys got involved more. But um, you know he was incredible, and he's and his maturity and um, his kind of elite skills and the way he sees the game and the way he can anticipate things is just um, when you watch back that first quarter, it's just um, um, unbelievable as to what where this guy's going to end up um, with just how good he's looking at this at this moment in time. Injuries at an unfortunate time because he's really just <laughs> he's he's flying right now. Um, just an incredible incredible player, and it's and it sucks that we're looking like we'll probably see four or five weeks without him. But again, could have been worse. I think a lot of us were fearing the worst when um, both him and uh, him and the X Men went down. Um, but yeah, incredible game from Butters, and um, yeah, it's unfortunate. But um, look, I'll talk about who might come in and whatever in in the Carlton preview. Um, in a couple of days, but we'll just talk, focus on Butters now and just say how how elite he is, how lucky we are that we somehow snagged him in the draft. Um, and uh, just yeah, credit to the guys that guys doing the drafting and the scouting because um, this kid is going to be elite for a long time, and he's 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 still got so many levels to go. But he's already one of the elite players in the competition, uh, borderline all Australian, and and we're just lucky to have him. And um, it's probably just going to be something I say every 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 review I do when Port have a good game and Butters is involved, he's going to get some. He's going to get some plaudits. Um, the X-Men, um, he was incredible as well. Um, he's taken that number seven and made it his own already. And um, and he's doing it proud for the, um, you know, Eva and all the all the others that have made made that jersey so iconic in our, in our time. Um, there was there was a moment in the last quarter where he flew back in the, in the defensive 50 and took a big, big flying mark, which is, you know, kind of his trademark is, um, you know, eyes on the ball and, and, courage and 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 kind of the quintessential number seven kind of play and um took a mark and i remember looking at watching that thinking god that's that almost seems like redemption um not you can't there's no redemption that can be had for um the the kind of tragic sacrifice that was um brad ebert's last act in the um preliminary final last year but the fact that um dersman took that mark in such a similar kind of position at the same end of the ground um, you know, in a similar fashion, it obviously wasn't a crashing pack like that one was, but it was close to it. Um, and he and he still only had eyes for the ball, and he was um, you know, <laughs> not looking out for his own safety so much. He was just making sure he got the ball and and did the team thing and took a big mark. And luckily, he was able to bounce up and get the kick away. And um, unfortunately, I did think of that at the time. Like, man, it's lucky he didn't get injured in that moment. Um, because it was a courageous mark and. And it did. I did um, reminisce back to Brad Ebert taking that mark in that final and um, making that play in that final, and just um, think, oh, he's he's done a done a little job for Brad there, and um, in a game that we're looking like we could go forward and win as well. So um, it did was was a lovely little moment for myself just to reflect back and remember the courage of Brad on that in that moment, and the and the courageous player and the great player we have in Xavier going forward in that in that Guernsey as well. It just felt. There's a parallel there that was really um, 
you know, just misty-eyed about in the moment. Um, unfortunately, then a couple of minutes later, he goes and um, gets tackled in um, by Shane Edwards, who um, apparently, I think he initiated the, tack- the tackle that um, uh, Butters went down with too, which I'll talk about that in a minute because um, i got a few things to say about um, how we deem dangerous tackles and, and, and the duty of care to players because there's so much bear in the heads at the moment, which is um, very important as well. But, um, yeah, I was... Got a little bit of something to say about people tackling, you know, guys that are getting a kick away and are obviously going to get the kick away and and tackling them is still. Um, anyway, but yeah, Dersma, unfortunately, in the action of kicking, um, he'd planted his foot and was kicking the ball and Edwards comes in and tackles him. Um, I guess the duty of care thing, I just, I'll get it out of the way quickly. I don't want to go into it too much, but I do wonder why we, um, nothing gets said about a player tackling a player that's planting his leg, kicking um, and then tackling him from the side, and and in that way, in a slinging motion, that's gonna, you're either gonna, you're gonna, it's gonna be a hard tackle. And, it's, and look, with tackling is a part of the game, but it's got to be that is a duty of care thing to me that a player um, can be planting their foot in the action of kicking, and someone can come in from the side, and quite clearly, it's gonna end up, and there's gonna be some some part of the body that's gonna bend in a weird way likely a leg and and it's just one of those things you we've got to look at in the game going forward um i'm not asking for suspensions or anything like i don't know what i'm really saying right now because um well i don't know what i'm saying i'm saying that it's just it's a you could see when he was coming into tackle it was straight away i was watching their live at the game i was thinking that's um that's gonna these legs got caught there somewhere i know a few people around me were going oh he's he's hit his head and i just in Straight away, because I'd seen the tackle and the way it had happened, I was like, "No, there's, there's a, that's a leg. That's he's done his knee or his ankle." That was my thought, and sure enough, it was his knee. And that was just my basic view from the, from afar, sitting on the sidelines, um, seeing the way the tackle went down. I just thought there's, there's been a, the legs twisted in a weird way, um, and you know, I hadn't even actually seen the way it twisted and the, the stills and the replays from the TV. It's just how, how it looked live. I just knew that the way the guy had tackled, um tackled him in the motion of kicking that's a highly highly likely event to occur um in that tackling motion so you know you can't the game is what it is and injury is going to happen it's just one of those ones those little ones you look at and go look we're talking about duty of care with certain things in the game it's like look at the other ones as well there's certain ways to tackle and there's certain ways not to and uh, tackling a player when they're you know yeah in that fashion when they're in the kicking motion, just isn't the best look. Um, yeah, but you know, I'm not going to say that he he's not going out there to in, injure him deliberately or anything like that. We just got to have you know, you can we can talk about these things in a mature way too, and that's what I'm trying to do. So, um, just saying that just what you could see what could happen in that situation is highly likely if you're going to kick tackle a player from the side when they're in motion and planting a foot to kick. There's a highly likelihood that that kind of thing is going to happen because it's going to be an incredibly off balance tackle. So, um. Yeah, but it's unfortunate for Dersmer. It's looking like he's looking at um, the next half a season out, at least, with that one. Um, but, again, could have been worse. I think a lot of us thought ACL, um, with everyone talking about the knee and how, how destroyed he looked. Um, but it was very nice to see. I think it was um, Twitter. Um, Dean Dersmer was on there saying, uh, appreciate the messages of support. Um, looks like it's not an ACL, but we've got to wait for the scans. But, you know, it was just nice to see that at the end of the night going to sleep. Because that's one thing, the drive home was a little bit as excited as I was about the result and um, what it means for our season, I was a little bit subdued because I was just so worried about those two lads. So, 
Um, both guys, um, I think at one point of the night or another, we probably were thinking both were out for the season possibly. And um, so the result from where it, where it could have been in our heads to where it ended up um, with those guys is as best as we prob- probably could have hoped for based on what we thought it was. Um, and the fact that they are still two reasonably um, serious kind of injuries, I guess the, the Butters ones look like, Butters one looks like it could be a, just a month or so with that ankle recovery from the surgery he's already had, I believe. But um, yeah, Dersma looks like um, we won't be seeing him until the um, yeah the pointy end of the season. Um, but hey, be a perfect time to get him back. And this is where the, the depth that we keep talking about will be tested. But uh, we'll talk about that more in the Carlton preview anyway. So that second half was um, you know after the um, the battle well the the domination of that second quarter i did say previously before i went on about dersmer and butters for a while there that um you know i was worried about how they come out and look sure enough richmond came out and um were tough but we are really proud of the way the guys stood up to the battle and there's a few key kind of blokes that um stood up you know beyond your um you know boke was incredible i think he got the seven coaches votes for the most of, of the game Oh, maybe it was tied with Kane Lambert, which I find odd. But anyway, folks, class above. But hey, um, East Coast bias, as we say in the in the US with college college sports, and it happens a bit with um, AFL as well. Um, yeah, Boke was Boke was incredible, and we do, uh, you know it's just going to be the storyline again. Like I said, Butters will be often be brought up when he has a good game. Um, Boke, just watching some of his clearance work again tonight when I was watching the replay, or finishing the replay. Just his um his his skills with the ball, um his handling and, and his quickness. He, he's just he's he's got he's there's more speed in his game again. And it's just incredible watching. Um, he's always been a quick player and quick decision making and, and incredibly smart. And um, there was one of the center clearances where there was a handball passage of play and he kind of danced around a couple and got the handball received back and got it inboard in into the fifty. And it's just just incredible work from the from the um, 33-year-old um, that is going to play another seven years, and I fully believe him at this point. Um, he is incredible, and um, his work, um, you know, in the battle and in a game that was, um, you know, it's a battle of against a team like this um, for a guy like the boat. Like, you know, these are the games that you want to see your boat stand up in because that's what separates, you know, the good players from the great ones is when the great ones stand up in games like this. Um, and Boak did, and he was incredible. Um, there's a few other guys that are really um, just stepping up, um, I, and I've talked about him a bit um, in the last few weeks, in the first few weeks of the season. Um, Carl Amon again is just, um, you know, following on from last year, just having an incredible season so far. Um, yeah, he's kind of got that unsung hero thing about him. He's, he's just, he's just in there. He's just in the right spots all the time, and then he's doing some incredible work, um, and, and just some highly skilled kind of work too. He's, he's. You know, turning, doing, doing little, you know, selling candy and turning, you know, kind of turning guys inside out on the when he's when he's got the ball in hand, and it takes a high level of both um, skill and awareness to kind of do that kind of stuff. And um, you know, it's the kind of moves you expect you, your dusties and those kind of guys that everyone talks about to do. And I, I do look forward to when people start noticing. You know, the wider AFL world starts noticing Carl, what Carl Amon is doing um, because he's playing at an incredibly high level and. You know, when we look at the injuries that we're suffering at the moment, it's guys like having guys like Amon playing at this level is like an extra recruit because you know he's he's been, he's stuck around and 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 brought took his game to an entirely new level and is one of the very best players on our team at the moment. And we really got to be appreciative of what he's doing and he's and he's bringing he's just bringing so much to the table right now. And um, 
yeah, his game the other night again was incredible, and he's just he's just he's he's fit within our system and our, and what we're looking to do and. His movement, his speed, his his overlapping running, and 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 his tackling and pressure as well is just he's just his all round game is just incredible at the moment. And um, yeah, he had a really great game again the other night. And it's guys like that um that you know at the start of 2020, um I don't know how many people had Carl Amon being an integral part of our side and a side that's um right at the top of our ta- top of the table a year and a half later. But yeah, he's he's incredible and um and really just um I think I've said it. I can't remember if it was in the preseason and when I was doing a re- preview of the season and talking about how we went last year and how Amon really taken it to another level last year. But I said something about, and it's something a lot of people have said is um, it's a real um boon and um and a win for sticking with people because you know some players come in and are elite straight away. You know Butters and Rosie, those guys. Um, and Amon was good, like you know he's always been one of those handy players, but he's he's really grown. Um, and he, it just shows that every player's journey is a little bit different, and some players are going to just take some time to grow into that player. But you know, he's he's so elite right now, and um, and, and an incredible um, asset to our squad. So yeah, great game from him again. Um, guys like Dan Houston again playing playing incredible footy again. Another guy that's um, taken a few years to find that, but um, had another great game the other night. And he's 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 popping up with us some of those really important goals at the moment too, like that's right-footed snap. Um, and watching it in slow motion again tonight, watching the replay, just you know, in a game that we were missing some um, some calm finishing at times. Um, you know, Dersma blazed away a couple of times. Um, you know, uh, but uh, with those kind of snaps and and Gray missed one, but you know, I love that Houston kind of took that one out of the pack and then and saw and took the time because it it was a quick goal, but it was one that you could he he sized it up. Got the ball drop right and just and rolled it through on the snap and you know it's not an easy finish that one you know it's, it's only a millimeter here or there in your ball drop and all that stuff to to it um, blazing wide or just going straight across the face and staying in play with how that kind of kicking action but it was just such a calm, cool calm collective finish and um, got the nice little celly there to boot just did good pump up fist pump to the crowd and the finger and and you know just just class all round right from the finish right through to the celebration I love that stuff you know it's just a real good highlight reel that. Um, but, you yeah, know, he's an asset to the squad. And, um, you know, again, we're going to say it time and time again this year, I think, as this guy just becomes an incredible part of our Port Adelaide squad. Aaliyah Aaliyah was just elite the other night. His one-on-one play against like guys like Jack Revolt and, you know, whoever he was on, really, um, was unbelievable. And it was what was missing at times last year was the fact that a guy like um, could... The opposition forwards in elite teams, we were when the one on ones, um, you know, and we had some wins last year, but it was, um, you know, I mean, in particular in that final against Geelong, it was a, you know, it was a defense by committee, you know, double teaming and 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 trying to and using the using the zone to get back and and get help for the guys, you know, like McKenzie on um, Hawkins and stuff like that, pushing wide, all that stuff. Well, the way the game's being played at the moment, you're getting one on ones a lot more, and um, you know, Lear Lear, just the amount of times he was. Stuck in a one-on-one, and he just used his athleticism and his height and his wingspan to, um, you know, affect a spoil and not allow the mark to be taken. There was that many. There was even the one where it was like a snap kick from, um, I don't know, if it was Shea Bolton or who it was, um, from about thirty out, and it was bouncing, and and it just, it kind of took a wicked bounce and was bouncing over Elia and his um and his opponent in the goal square, and he and he just he was able to get a leap up and a touch on the ball to make it a you know a rush behind instead of a goal. It's that kind of stuff, and then just the ball in balls coming in where it's just him alone with Revolt, 
um, in a fifth, you know, and one on one, you know, thirty out, no one else around. It's it's really just a battle between them, and he he just he grapple and battle and and entirely legally as well. There wasn't any grabbing and pulling and and trying to get away with one. It was just an elite um fifty fifty battle, and he and he just affect the spoil and get the ball away and and get it to advantage and tap. And his and his groundwork was incredible as well. It's just it's a really good game to go back and watch and just. Watch Aaliyah, and I, I noticed it on the night and was really making a point to watch it again when I was watching the replay, just how good Aaliyah's defensive play was, and um, I'd encourage everyone to go back and watch the replay if you haven't, and I'm sure plenty, most of the people who are listening to this, if you've got time to listen to this, you've surely gone back and watched um, some replay or highlights or whatever, but Aaliyah, Aaliyah's game is just a great one to watch. Um, again, just take a focus on it and, and give it a watch. Um, so just, just I love the guy. He's incredible, and I'm really excited to see how he's going to go the rest of the way, because um, he's just, um, you know, just such an incredible pickup, and we've done so well out of that. Recru- recruiting um, list management's just um, done a stand-up job with that one. Um, as I said, a, a Fantasia is going to be an incredible addition as well, but Aaliyah, Aaliyah might be the one that we come out of. Um, and that's no disrespect to Fantasia either. It's just he might be the one to come out and just go, boy, oh, boy, did we just get an absolute steal there because um he's um he's incredible um he's just changed our defense so much and and serendipitously maybe just the way the rules have changed his his athleticism and abilities in those one-on-one situations is going to be um really important going forward i think bt that noise that you just heard was for the debutante lucky jones have you seen a more port adelaide looking young man than lucky jones look at that for a mullet all right it's 40 minutes in and unbelievably, I haven't talked about Lockie Jones yet. But I'm gonna right now. Um, bloody hell, how good was <laughs> how good was Lockie Jones? Oh, he's just the cult hero we've all wanted. I mean, it's Port Adelaide. We have cult heroes all over the park. Um, you know, Scotty Lice at Scooters, he's one of my favourite kind of blokes on the team, just he's a he's a lad as well and he's seems a bit um kooky at times as well. And he's kind of one of those blokes and he's got the hair too, so you know, Scooter's got a bit of that, but Lockie Jones is just, I don't know, whether it's because of, and I've talked about this on the preview, you know, he's had such a build-up because we knew last year watching him in the Sandfall and watching what he was doing for West Woodville, West Torrens, um, knowing he was part of our NGA and all that stuff. We knew he was going to be recruited by Port. Um, and and as he grew with last season and his performances in that senior side and going on winning premiership and seeing his highlights, we were already excited about him then. And the draft happens, and we see him finally get his the dream comes true. He's a Port Adelaide fan. He's Port Adelaide. You know, he's grown up a Port Adelaide fan. There's so just so much storyline about the guy. Um, again, I started this podcast and started even the theme of this podcast back when I did the preview about opportunities for fans. Really, just love how the fans got around um, Lockie Jones entering the field of play like the other night. You know, I didn't even know because um, obviously in Bay One Forty over there under the Wanganeen stand um, near the hill there, we're at the opposite side of the interchange. So. We're not going to like sometimes unless you're actually watching across the field and seeing what's happening on the interchange. I was kind of half thinking about when we'd see him on the field, but that, that I think at the time they entered the field, I wasn't thinking about that. But then you heard this little roar go up and and it went around the ground as people realised that Lockie Jones, the flying mullet, big number thirty-four, was entering the field of play. And again, the opportunity that fans were presented to have a real big night in the and in dictating the atmosphere, um, that was a big part of it. And I'm uh, really happy with the. Port fam and the Creed fam for just uh, the welcome that Lockie Jones got. And then every time he touched the ball, it was just incredible. The cheers went up. You know, it was just that little happy buzz that went around the ground every time he grabbed the ball. And, you know, he's just got the look. Um, I think, yeah, James Brayshaw said on the 
um, telecast. He just looks. He's he's <laughs> he looks like the he's the most Port Adelaide looking player or whatever he said. You know, um, and yeah, it's just something something about him that you can just immediately embrace. Um, as it you know, and part of that you know the look is part. You know, and he said that himself. He said you know he really. I think he said he you know thanked the Port crowd. Like he doesn't. I don't think he. And he saw that, and when he in the song, like he was in the middle and got the Gatorade shower, but then he quickly went back, and I respect that too. That he quickly went back, put his arms around his teammates, and sang the song as part of the squad. You know, he didn't want too much me time, which is um incredibly, um, incredibly humbling and and in a, a great look as well. Um, I think that's the kind of as he's he's just a quintessential player. You want coming in like that, and, you know, ready to go. And um, but yeah, no, he's he's got the look. Um, obviously the mo the um the mullet, everything about him and he's just built like he, he's a built like a brick fucking shit house. So he's um you know, it's like it's it's like if um you know a Greek god came down and chiseled a footy player out of a brick shit house. That is a player and, and then just made him elite as fuck. Um that's the kind of player you're getting. And um, you know, he was just he was incredible the other night too, you know. Some of his intercept marking and his tack chasing and tackling. There was a few moments there's a couple of kicks, you know, were a bit off. Um, there were some elite kicks too, some ones that really just you know, set up set up the attacking play. Um, you know, but he's he's attacking. You know, it, there's just those little things that happen. There's no real banana skins in his game. Um, there's a couple where he, he kind of attacked the ball so hard for a mark that was very low percentage. Where that whether it's like you 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 hold up slightly and take it on the bounce. Um, you know, those kind of little parts you game. But fuck, we see thirty year old elite players still miss because it's fucking footy. That ball is. You know, it's it bounces in all sorts of weird ways. We know footy. Um, Angus Monfries at Footy Park. You know, that kind of shit um, is going to happen in footy, so you're not always going to judge it um, perfectly. Um, and a couple of kicks aside that, you know, there's one that floated, you know, when he was, he was kicking it inboard to the 50. Um, and there was a couple of one-on-ones there, and it could have, you know, a better kick might have made a bit more of an opportunity, but it just went, I think it just went out of bounds in the, in the you know, 30 around from the goal. Because it was just he kind of shanked it and just it floated rather than really a pinpoint pass. But there was a lot of he had some good. You can see he's got a good kick, um, a good kick when he's when he gets you know gets it right, um, and just takes the time and and that that, that that's going to come with time. He's he's it was his nineteenth birthday. The kid's got so much growing to go and um oh fuck uh, physically if he's got any more growing to go the the league's in trouble. But um as far as his footy goes. He's got a fair bit of growing to do in the skills department, but the fact that he's already such a highly skilled player is just um, scary for the rest of the opposition, the rest of the competition, and, um, and incredible for us that we've got such a such a player. And when you look at the injuries that we had the other night, um, he's going to get his opportunity going forward here now. And um, you know he's well he's well earned it. It's not that he's just getting it because you know he's this cult hero that's come in already, but he's he's earned it. Um, he came in against the reigning premiers on a Friday night footy and, and played his role and played his role in a, in a crucial role. On the night with the injuries that gone down, he was needed and he was incredible. So, um, well done, Lockie Jones. Um, game number one was an absolute, um, absolute peach, one to remember. And um, you know he's going to have a long, successful career um, because he's already he's not already a fucking incredible player. Alrighty, so the game itself, I've I've gone on about a few players, but look, the game itself was. Um, in, you know, an incredible closing kind of the the latest latter stages of the game. Just one of those Titanic battles. Um, I think I've said Titanic a few times or Battle of the Titans a few times on this fucking um, pod. So, you know, it's, it's a theme and I'm just, you know, reusing metaphors because, um, as I said, I'm just terrible at finding the words I'm looking for when I'm in the moment. But, um, you know, it, it was one of those games that they just, just it was back and forth and big moments and big players stood up. And 
there's a few and look i'm going to start with Hartlett because i uh i did put the well i didn't I, I just said in the preview i think i just said you know he's one of those ones that looks like he's still trying to get back into you know he's out for the start of the season didn't and interrupt the preseason didn't play the trials and and missed the first game and it just looked like he was still just trying to find you know he's he was forcing things here and there, and and there was a big moment in that second quarter, I think, where he, um, where we had, oh god, we had the, we really had him on the ropes, and you know, he's just a, sorry, excuse me, beers and podcasting doesn't go well together, but also goes incredibly well together. Anyway, you know, when he's kicking that one out of the defensive fifty, and, and he's just completely misplaced the pass, and uh, and just and just put too much work onto, I think it was Ben Jones, he was kicking the ball too, and it's just been intercepted by Revolt, and he's. And as happens in those moments when you're kicking like you're kicking like shit, even though you've got plenty of the ball and you're missing your opportunities, all it takes is that for a team like Richmond, and it's just it's just, it's just Murphy's law is that if you're gonna fuck, if you're gonna keep missing chances, then um, the one little chance that you know Revolt gets, he's gonna he's gonna lace one out from um, beyond fifty and uh, with the empty goal square, um, pop it through, and that happened. And you know it was um, and, you know it was uh, it was unfortunately it was unheartlet, and that's what happens, but. You know the wonderful thing about footy, um, the wonderful thing about this game, um, is it does allow chances for redemption. And and you know when I just when Hartlett took you know got that um, took that mark and um, got that ball you know beyond fifty out, um, this is one of my moments of the game for me because I just remember sitting there going, no, nah, he's got to go back and have a go at this. You know, miss miss or kick it, he's got to ha- he's got to put this one in his boot. I love that he's a you know he's a leader of this team and he's had a. He's had a bad moment in the game, and he's missed. But he, beyond that, I was in, he, he seemed a lot more in the game to me, and um, was making some big smothers and big tackles, and and was in there in in the battle. And um, you know, it was in that moment he really needed to take it upon himself to have it have a crack from you know. And I said to I said to my mate Steve that was with me, I said you know he's got he's got the leg to kick this one. It's just about the accuracy, and and we all knew that watching the game. And I love the fact that he. he he said, you know, he he took it upon himself to take that kick, and um, bloody hell, wasn't that raw good? Wasn't that goal good? And wasn't it a big moment from Big Hammer? Sets of hands, short, straight to Hartlett, and it's coming back in. Hartlett to settle, gonna get some momentum and launch an almighty kick from 60 meters out. Distance is okay. Yes. What a bomb! You know, just an incredible kick, an incredible moment, and um, the celebration afterwards too, the passion, and that's what you want to see is these guys. You know, we um, we sit there and and criticise and and but and sometimes you know a game like West Coast, we uh sit there and say where was the intensity and the passion, and but we we got to understand these guys care and bleed and and love this club, and they um. You know, you can see it in that moment how how pumped he was to kick that goal because he knew he knew he'd had a moment in that game and and there was like a relief there and and it was a let off moment and um look it's not that the game was won at that point but three minutes to go in the in the third quarter or whatever it was um, I think it was about three minutes on the clock just watching the replay um you know on the game the the game clock um you know it was just a, a big moment it just kind of showed that we were like in that moment I was like, you know you know either way the way this game is going we're in a battle here and this team is ready to fight it and um and uh beyond the fact that i wasn't quite aware of how badly the injuries were going just from sitting at my vantage point in the ground um you know it was the, the guys that were going to be out there were going to we're going to battle away all the way through so um that was just such a big one um and there was a few big goals to choose from in this game and certainly 
I was gonna I was gonna play Rosie's um, because that was an incredible goal as well, and kind of kind of made up for you know just as far as a it was a very similar goal to the one that um, Revolt picked off from Hartlett, and for um, you know Rosie to pick off that pass and um, and and on on you know one leg that's um, fucking you know, corky as corky as hell um, to sprint forward and outrun you know his incredible toughness as well as a great finish because it's not an easy finish when you're when you're trying to. Put in the afterburners to get 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 the extra yard on the defender, and and then as well as turn one around the body from you know thirty or thirty five out, um and and finish. Um, it was an incredible goal and a real mo- little 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 momentum shifter as as far as um, you know, get one back uh after after missing a few um of our own uh, chances like that. You know, it's good to get one that shouldn't that we bro, you know, you shouldn't get, but you you take them when you can because sometimes that's footy as you miss the one you miss a bunch of easy ones and then you get one like that. So. Um, that was a great one, but um, you know, I didn't want to go playing every guy. You know, there's a lot of goals I could have played, um, but obviously, um, the big moment of the game came. Um, you know, we're 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 down uh, four minutes to go, or whatever it was, um, and you've got, you know, things are things are a little rough. Um, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's late in the game, and you you Richmond are gone. Kicked a couple of goals in a row to get the lead back, and you're just sitting there. You, you know, there's that little part of you that's just going, "Oh fuck, not again." Um, these these fucking. Uh, I remember there was there's someone next to us. I think, or whether it was my mate, I can't remember. Someone said, just just as they got ahead, and and it was kind of sitting there, and there's the balls coming back for the center bounce, and I just remember someone saying. I just don't want to fucking lose to these cunts again. <laughs> and it was just like, and it kind of summed up, like it wasn't like an angriness. It was just like this, fuck's sake. Like what, you know, just, you just thought you'd gotten, you'd finally eked out enough in front and then they kick a couple goals in a row and get the lead back. And you, you know, obviously in the ground, you don't know exactly how much time's left, but, um, you know, it's, it's getting, it's getting to the getting on time. You know, you've got to, you got to kick a goal now you're very soon. Otherwise, um, you might be in a little bit of trouble. So, um, but you know, come with the hour, come with the man, Robbie Gray. His clutch gene is just like unlike any other. You know, we've seen him do it time and time again. Whether it be, you know, late in the game and kicking an important goal, or just in the game where you need someone to turn it, and it's and it's Robbie Gray. You know, that five goal third quarter in the showdown a few years ago, and obviously we all remember him kicking the goal after the siren last year against Carlton. And um, we we hope we never have to see him have to kick a goal after the siren, but we certainly know that he's. He's got the ability to um, put the team on his back if he needs to, and then it happened again. And you know, it's funny. There was that moment at the end of the second quarter where he took a got, took a mark in a very, very similar spot in that that scoreboard pocket, um, and kind of tried to inboard one real quickly, and and the mark was spilled, and then um, you know, little 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 scuffle for the ball, and he snaps one that misses, and the, the halftime siren goes. And I remember watching the thing, and that's you know, I would have thought Robbie would have just taken taken the kick at that point, and. He didn't, and he uh, look. You know, look for the good option inside, um, and particularly at the end of the second quarter. Look, he's just trying to find a good scoring option, and maybe just didn't quite. You know, you know doesn't know exactly how much time is on the clock, but you could see there was some frustration in him, and you could see he's working through in that moment. He's like, okay, this is, uh, if, you know, probably wasn't the right option in hindsight. And then you know, he gets again the redemption part of it, like you know, Hartlett, you know, getting the chance to kick a big goal after a, a moment momentary lapse and not that that you know that second end of the second quarter thing was a lapse from Robbie he was he was a genuine option in, inside that just didn't work out with the kick and the mark and it happens but you know he gets a mark in a very similar spot in that um scoreboard pocket and um by the way the mark itself incredible um I remember I was already standing up yelling about how he's being held 
and then halfway through yelling, you know, you know, whatever I was yelling, probably a lot of, you know, a few swear words and something about the umpire and he's being held. And then I realized he's taking the mark and I just turned to my mate and like, oh, he's, I was screaming out about the free kick and it doesn't even matter. He's taking the mark. It was incredible. So it's just, you know, Robbie Gray is often, um, you know, he's, he's not your big, tall, strong forward in the sense of your Dixons and your, and your guys that battle like that. But he's kind of, you know, it's kind of like, it's it's incredible what he can do in those one on ones still was just how wily and, and skilled he is and, and how he can out outthink and outwork the defender in that situation, take a great mark. And you know, and then he and then he goes on to kick um the big goal of the game. Spiles it back inside fifty. That's a mark to Gray. So Robbie Gray to put Port back in front with just over four remaining. That's pretty good. That's damn good. Jeez. He knows how to kick him when the game's on the line, Robbie Gray. He knows how to kick him when the game's on the line, Robbie Gray. Bloody oath he does, and he did again. Um, yeah, and you know, it was um one of those games where it was uh yeah, it's four minutes to go still and and he's um He's he's kicking that goal, so there's a long way to go from that point, and um, and we certainly and fuck they kicked another couple of points after that, so it wasn't it was nowhere near done, um, and it was certainly it was wonderful to see that um, you know sometimes you you get inside your own head about your own team and chances they miss in big moments, but I really did enjoy just taking it in when um, when the big man Jack Revolt um, I didn't mind having to getting to yell out after he. You know, he took that took that mark on fifty there, um, and a, and a kicky a goal a very similar position to we kicked the goal earlier in the game, I think. Um, so I really enjoyed when that kick was fucking hopeless too. He that was in the moment. It was the kind of the you know Robbie Robbie in that moment kicked a big goal, and then when Jack Revol gets the chance to put put the Tigers back in front, um, he just absolutely fucking floated it. It was just wobbly. It was um. Wasn't it was like halfway between a torp and a and a and a, and a drop punt and it just wobbled aimlessly towards the um you know into the harmlessly through the right side points without even being close to a goal and um the let off in that moment too from the crowd was quite something um including for myself I think I said something about Jack Revolt you're overrated so so and so um you know as as um as as a fan is wont to do in that situation you know let the other team know in that moment. I don't care if he's won three flags in that moment. He was, and <laughs> I'll take that to the grave. Um, and it's just, you know, it's just, you know, it's always wonderful to enjoy those moments as a fan when it goes goes your way for a change. Um, so, you know, that was, and then that the rush behind thing. I don't fucking get why everyone's getting so bent out of shape. It's, it's the deliberate thing. Richmond had the exact same situation early in the game, and I know plenty of the Port fam on Twitter and Facebook have made the point to anyone that's trying to talk about it. Um, just a, it's not even a, not even a factor for me. Um, I love that a player with three defenders immediately within his zone um, in the goal square, diving at the ball, handballing it, um, and look, Amon was in the area. <laughs> well, I think we know what, where Gray was going, but it was in, under incredible pressure, so I don't get it. Grimes earlier in the game was under less pressure in that situation. Then no one's met batting an eyelid about that one. So um, to me, it's the umpires played it both ways in that situation and, and play on. Nothing to see here. 
Um, so that was fine. That was the last score of the game. Um, so we're two points up at that point. And then Willem Drew had an incredible cut last couple of minutes. I've been really um, quietly impressed with his game anyway. Um, you know, he's, he's playing his role um, and, and really showing us why, why Hinkley's got such wraps on him. You know, he's not he's not outstanding by by a lot of the other players' measures, but he's just doing playing his role. And in those last few minutes, taking a you know big holding the ball call, big tackles, um, big marks, and big moments. Um, you know, he's well involved in a couple of the stoppages we had to just just calm the situation down and, and a couple of the big stops on on their players. So, you know, incredible last couple of minutes from Willem Drew and a, and a good game from him again, and um, just um, continuing to show. Um, you know, when we look at guys like Dersmer and um, Butters going down, it's um, you know, it's it's sad and it sucks to see. And there's no replacing those guys. But when you think of the guys that are on the sidelines, you know, Powell Pepper's just coming back into the fold. Um, probably going to have a week or two in the sandful, but you know, he's he's there still. Hasn't even played a game this year. Rockliffe as well. Um, and then you got Bergman and Schofield and Mead and those guys that are playing well in the da- playing well down in the Maggies. Um, you know, there's a lot to love about the squad depth. So. And and you know, and again, like guys like Drew already playing their role and um and being really big in moments that count late in the game to to make sure we lock up the result. Um, so just God, what a game. Um, really, just yeah, I I just got to take a moment before I get my final thoughts. All right, final thoughts. Um, incredible, what a night. Um, these are the moments we live for as fans. Um, and obviously the team live for these kind of games too. But um. We are a fan podcast um, talking about um, our Port Adelaide. So as a fan, that was an incredible night. Um, really proud of everyone that was down there doing their thing. Um, making that game day atmosphere one of the best in the world. Um, it is um, just incredible to be at the game when it's, it's like that. And um, it certainly plays a role. Um, you know, these are professional teams that we're talking about and they will they will play well or, or play badly um, regardless of what a, a, a the fans are doing but if the battle is there and they're up for the battle then the fans will make a difference and and we really we really did the other night um two points was the final final margin um for us beating richmond but we had an incredible incredible night and um you know it's um we're three and one on the season and obviously it's going to be tight in the top four and the top eight this year i think and um, we've got to take every every win we can um regardless of the attrition we're against so um big night um seems somewhat fitting that um, Lockie Jones had the last kick of the night too. Yeah, just whacking one on the boot and getting inside 50. And at that point, when you know, 10 seconds to go, it was, um, you know, we knew it was one, but still just felt right that Lockie Jones, after a big debut and a big um, big roars from the crowd and everything, that he, he had the last kick of the night. And um, as we, we saw, he um, had, a, had a wonderful, wonderful moment singing the song for the first time. And yeah, just... Um, Everything wrapped up nicely. It was a nice little bow in it with that uh, last kick of the game going to Jones. But big win, um, a big game, a big night at Adelaide Oval for Port. And um, we go forward this week, looking forward to Carlton. And I'll do, be doing a preview of that in a couple of days. But um, let's just enjoy, enjoy the wins when they come. That's what we've got to do. You know, there's a long season ahead and it is just one win on the road. But big wins like this we should still enjoy and just, and, and just enjoy them and, and bathe in the result a little bit. And... Um, that's what we can do as fans. Um, we can bathe in the result a little bit and just enjoy what was another great night for our, our team as we as we build towards this season. So, car and the pair, let's keep moving forward, but enjoy the wins.